Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org. Now, here's our show today. The first five books of the Bible are generally attributed to Moses, and they form a unit commonly referred to as the Pentateuch. The fourth of this series is the Book of Numbers, perhaps the most obscure among the five. Outwardly, it seems simple enough, not overly inspiring, for it chronicles the numbering of God's people Israel for the purpose of forming them into an army to fight for God's testimony as they traveled for 40 years through the wilderness. But if our eyes are opened and our spirit set to receive God's divine light, we can see the whole of the divine revelation expressed in picture form through its pages. Even the key elements of Christ's ministry on earth and the ultimate consummation of the Bible, New Jerusalem, are depicted here in Numbers. Seem dubious? Well, stay tuned. Francis Ball is with us once again as we come to our second life study program from the book of Numbers. Francis, welcome back. Thank you very much, Chris, and I'm really anticipating something marvelous. I've heard it said that Numbers is the desert spot of the Bible. It seems dry, (laughs) but I think we're going to see today that this desert is blooming like a rose. Really so, Francis. Uh, We're going to see today, Francis, as I alluded to in the opening, the first chapter of Numbers as a picture, almost a photograph, of the main elements, the main items of the New Testament. To understand this picture, I think our listeners need to know a little bit about the Old Testament. Most, we assume, probably do, but just for the sake of everyone, so we're all uh, with the same background. The main items here at this point in time with the children of Israel in the wilderness is the Ark of the Testimony, which was a wooden box that was overlaid with gold. And inside the box, there were some items. Included among these were the stone tablets that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, or the law, engraved upon them. And these tablets of the law were called the Testimony. So the Ark was referred to as the Ark of the Testimony, even the Tabernacle as the Tabernacle of Testimony. Yeah, I think that gives us a little background, doesn't it? That helps a great deal because the commandments really express who God is, what kind of God he is. And so you can say that uh, that ark containing this testimony of who God is, is this is the ark with God in it. 
We had a lot of speaking on the ark when we were in the life study of Exodus and a bit when we were in Leviticus. Uh, say just a little bit more about it for uh, all the listeners that perhaps their only exposure to the ark is how Hollywood has presented it in some of the uh, more popular movies. <laughs> I'm afraid they haven't hit the mark of the divine revelation in that kind of setting. But this ark is really the very key point or the identifying mark of the children of Israel through the wilderness. That was the most uh, precious possession in their midst. And it's a picture, as we'll see today in the message, it's a picture of Christ as God being among his people. I'm anxious for this one today, Francis. I think you are too. Yes, I am. Okay, let's join Witness Lee. If you look at the picture portrayed in chapter 1, you could see that one chapter shows us the entire New Testament. You couldn't believe. It shows us the first thing that is the incarnation of the triune God to be a man living and dwelling among men. You may see, Brother Lee, we couldn't see this. Well, you see, you will see it. Then the last thing is that that portrait in chapter 1 gives us a clear view of the new Jerusalem. Thirty years ago, I had a thorough study of the Pentateuch. I talked a lot about the numbers, yet by then I didn't see that chapter 1 gives us a portrait showing us how the Trine God became incarnate. And the consummation of this incarnation was the New Jerusalem. Then you may ask me, where could you see the matter of incarnation? Well, listen, within the tabernacle, there was the ark. And within the ark, there was the law. But the law is not called law, the testimony. And what is testify? To testify is to show you something. The law is a show. To show what? To show God. So the law becomes the testimony of God. Okay, have you seen the whole picture? The tabernacle, then the ark, then the testimony of God. There's God there. But now, not merely God, but God in an ark. The ark was made with acacia wood. Yet overlaid with gold, right? One entity of two elements. One is the wood, the other is the gold. And all the Bible students do agree this ark typifies Christ in his humanity with his divinity. This is the ark. The word incarnation is not here, but the picture is here. Well, Francis, this word incarnation, a very New Testament word, is not directly found in Numbers, but as he said, 
the picture is there. Actually, as we pointed out, this chapter, first chapter of Numbers, uh, gives us a picture of the entire New Testament. I think it's probably safe to say that not one person listening, and I would say even including you and I before we got into this message, had this same realization. Let's examine it a little bit. The New Testament really begins with this matter of incarnation, Christ bringing God into humanity. How does the ark with the law as the testimony of God portray incarnation in a clear way to us? Well, I would start with the inside. What's inside this ark is the testimony or what we call the commandments that were received by Moses on Mount Sinai. That shows that there, there is the testimony of God himself, the triune God, within this ark. And this ark is a box formed of wood and overlaid with gold. Now, nearly all Bible students know that gold stands for God. Mm-hmm. It represents God, unchangeable material. Right. And then uh, the wood is expressive of humanity. So here you have a picture of gold and wood mingled together as one and containing the testimony of God. That is Christ in his incarnation. The triune God became a man, and now you see this God-man. So this is why the picture there is so precious to us. And we never saw this before, but now that the light is on this particular portion, we realize what a beautiful picture this is of the incarnation. God coming into man to be the testimony of God in the midst of his people. Yet there are, uh, there are no accidents, there are no careless utterances or expressions in the Bible. All of these things uh, are meaningful. The wood, of course, uh, the acacia wood overlaid with gold, as you said. So this, uh, this little box, the Ark of the Testimony, what a wonderful picture of Christ is portrayed here, isn't it? It really is marvelous. I think it's just beyond anyone's dream. It has to be by revelation. You know, you use the term mingled, how the, the wood and the gold were mingled together. And we use that term frequently for, as our listeners who have been with us for a while uh, will realize. Uh, some criticize the use of this term because they believe in, uh, that they believe that it implies that uh, by being mingled, some new third element emerges. But the ark is a perfect picture. Uh, the gold is still the gold. The wood is still the wood, but yet the two have been blended or mingled together in such a way it, it really produces something marvelous. Yeah, that is wonderful. Francis, let's go back uh, to Witness Lee. We just saw that this first item of the New Testament, incarnation, is clearly portrayed in Numbers chapter 1. Now, at the other end of the New Testament, the conclusion or the consummation, we would say, of God's entire purpose in his creation and in humanity, the emergence of the city New Jerusalem, that's also portrayed in Numbers chapter 1. Marvelous. Now, how could we see the New Jerusalem? Well, the New Jerusalem has 12 gates, three on each side, so four sides. Each has three gates. Altogether, the New Jerusalem is composed with 12 gates. And what are the 12 gates? The twelve tribes. Okay, how the twelve tribes were arranged into a kind of array. You know, an array is always a showing to show you some picture. Uh, how the twelve tribes were arranged? Say, three on each side. Yeah, three on each side, and all the three are three armies. 
and in total they are called a camp. A camp. A camp of three armies: Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. They form one camp, and this is the camp at the rear. The enemy always comes from the rear to attack you. But to get into the war, you need a friend. Judah, that was a friend. Who are on the south? Lubin, Simeon, Gad. And this is the south camp with three armies. And then, what is on the north? Dan, Naphtali, and Asher. Right. Now, have you seen the 12 tribes here? Yeah. What is this picture? <laughs> now you're up here. Right. Now, you have the first page of New Testament, Incarnation. Then you have uh, the last page of the New Testament, the New Jerusalem. Look at the picture. The whole thing. Have you noticed now, God is no more just in the heavens. He's also on the earth. But for him to be on the earth, he needs a man. He needs a man, just one man, to be his embodiment. And this embodiment of God is the man Jesus Christ. And this Christ today has been enlarged into a habitation in which God dwells and into which we enter. This picture shows God and his chosen man mingled together as one entity to conquer the enemy who is on this earth. Do you realize today we are a part of this? The trying God incarnated to be a man, living among men, to get themselves increased into his chosen people, making all of them just mingle with this trying God. Hallelujah! What will be the ultimate consummation in this universe out of God's old creation and new creation? The new Jerusalem. Francis, this is just too marvelous. It is too marvelous, isn't it? To be able to see the Bible in this way is absolutely something to treasure and to praise, praise the Lord for. Uh, here we have Christ in his incarnation, typified by the ark, as we saw and now God dwelling with his people in a way that is really a miniature of the New Jerusalem in this picture. Take a minute, if you would, and review again for the sake of those who are either hearing it for the first time or maybe hearing it for the second or third time, but they're still scratching their head a little. Yes, I think we all would be scratching our head a little bit to think that we could see this in the book of Numbers. Just go back to the ark itself. This is a real picture of God tabernacling among his people. Mm-hmm. In uh, John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and reality. Right. That verse really shows you that this, this triune God has come into humanity, and that's what's pictured here in this ark. And not only this ark, but even all the people of Israel that are camped around about the whole tabernacle are a beautiful picture of the New Jerusalem. Right. I confess, I read Numbers, but I never saw anything like this to be see that the whole New Testament is contained in this first chapter of Numbers, all the way from the incarnation of Christ depicted by the ark 
the depiction of the New Jerusalem as the tra- 12 tribes on the four sides of the tabernacle so that we have a picture here, a beautiful picture of the New Jerusalem. So this one chapter covers the whole New Testament in a picture. Yeah, I, I think to get that uh, sort of visual image of uh, the tabernacle somewhat in the center, and in the center of that, of course, the ark, which uh, contains God's testimony, and then camped, as he used this word. This is the right word, actually. They're, they were camping, weren't they? Even the yeah, tabernacle itself was a kind of tent. But camped around in an orderly way were the 12 tribes. As you said, three on a side, three on the four sides. This is a perfect replica of the New Jerusalem that's described yeah. in Revelation. What a picture. It's a marvelous picture. Francis, the book is called Numbers because it details the numbering of the children of Israel for the purpose of forming them into an army. And this army was to fight for the protection of the ark and the tabernacle, uh, which we have just seen really are God's testimony. The numbering was based on three criteria. First, they were numbered according to their tribes or their families. Then, secondly, they were numbered according to their leaders. And finally, they were numbered according to their age, their maturity in their human life. All of these things we're going to see in this next section are are very meaningful as well. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The children of Israel being formed into army, able to fight for the protection of God's testimony, the ark in the tabernacle. This typifies the New Testament believers being built up into the organic body of Christ to fight for God for the carrying out of God's eternal economy. In a good sentence, the church is fighting for the protection of the incarnated God. God in himself, there's no need of any protection. But God, in his embodiment, he needs the protection. And the protection is by fighting through the church. In the eyes of God, individual spirituality, separately, just by yourself, means nothing. God wants a formed, a coordinated body of Christ. So they're saying, based upon life under the authority of Christ in his body. Spontaneously, you could see there must be some kind of leadership. Without the leadership, how could you have a situation maintained? So, for the church to be formed into a fighting body, that's the army, there is the need of the source of life and also the leadership in life. Today, so many so-called seekers only care for spirituality. But how about the source? How about the leadership? Three things must be bound together. The source of life, the authority of life, and also the maturity of life. Francis, uh, we need to keep in mind again that the reason for the numbering of the people was the formation of the army. And so this numbering took place uh, with three criteria or categories that were uh, important factors by their tribes or their families, indicating their source, by uh, their leadership, and finally by their age. 
what about the significance of these three things as it relates to us as the church who are also here fighting for God's interest? Yeah, this is very significant that we could be brought into this numbering process because the first one depends on the source of life. We all have, you might say, three fathers. Actually, in the flesh we have a father, right. a fleshly father. Mm-hmm. And then we have fathers who are spiritual fathers. They helped us, they brought us to the Lord, and they nourished us with Christ, and they took care of us. And then, of course, we have God as our Father. So these three aspects of Father is what Paul was referring to about himself when he said, you have 10,000 guides, but not many fathers. That means not many that really care for life and the growth in life. Right. But in the church, we need this same thing. This is a good picture of the church life. The second thing pointed out here is the matter of leadership. There is such a thing as leaders in among the children of Israel. And this has to do with those that were were taking the uh, responsibility. And this is very important in its picture, applying it to the church. There is such a thing as leadership. Mm-hmm. Without leadership, you don't have any way to go. So there is a necessity of, of not only life, but you need leadership. And this leadership is uh, a picture of the elders in the church life. They are the ones who take the lead. They lead. They take the lead to follow the Lord, and then they take the lead to lead others in the way of the Lord so that we would all mature. There is also the category of the age of those who have reached a certain maturity so they're able to fight. They're able to take the lead. Their age is from 20 years old and up. This category of people are able to make a vow to the Lord and to consecrate to the Lord and also to fight the battle for the Lord. This is even true in our human life. Right. A person that's uh, five years old is not ready to go to battle. So we see that there's a real picture here of maturity of life being the main thing. And then this produces, of course, the leadership to take us on, to be in the battle. Without leadership, no army is going to get very far. So among us as the Christians today, we recognize a certain leadership that leads us to go on and fight the battle for the Lord. Francis, our own experience in terms of uh, even today, thousands of years later, really, in terms of how an army is formed, these are still valid types, aren't they, to kind of point what is being portrayed here in the book of Numbers. That's right. You have the those who are too young, they can't go forth to war. They right. can't be counted among those who could be drafted, so to speak. So we have not only these two categories, but we have also the category of, of the maturity of life for uh, leadership. And even this maturing is without limit. Even Caleb, at 85 years of age, was still in this category, able to fight for the nation of Israel. Francis, uh, this book is full of a lot of details, but we've had a marvelous treat today to realize the pictures that are here and how these uh, incredible truths, even of the New Testament, are portrayed in uh, these chapters in the book of Numbers. There's a lot more of this kind of scenery as we get farther into the life study of Numbers and appreciate having you here today for this one. Well, it's really good to see these pictures in the Old Testament, particularly this book of Numbers, is really a marvelous chapter, the first chapter. Well, we'd like to uh, leave you with our toll-free number. Of course, we would tell you about the life study of Numbers in its printed form, where all of these details are brought out and developed further. So if you would like to conduct your own study of Numbers as we are going through day-by-day the life study of Numbers on the radio, 
these printed Life Study messages would be a tremendous resource for you. If you'll call us toll-free, we can tell you how you can receive these two volumes. Our number, one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.